right, we're a little more than an hour away from first pitch at Camden Yards. The Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles opening a three-game series. You say Kikuchi versus Grayson Rodriguez. It is the last time these teams will meet this year, the last series. The Orioles are 8-2 against the Jays, and you know that the Jays' record within the division, 11-23, uh, is, uh, well, you know that the Jays' record within the division is 11-23. and 23. And as I said, I, first place is likely long gone for this particular edition of the Blue Jays. But winning this series, being competitive against a team that's basically handed your you-know-what to you all year long, um, certainly wouldn't be the worst thing in the world with a relatively easy uh, group of games to follow, uh, setting up what we talked about, kind of a really rugged final two weeks of September. Some lineup news today for the Blue Jays. All of it good. Ho-ho. How often have you heard that? Vladdy Jr. is back in the lineup. He's in the cleanup spot. Uh, he left Sunday's game early with a with middle finger discomfort after a wild swing. Uh, saw him let go of his bat. The Jays lineup is as follows. Merrifield, Bichette, Belt, Guerrero, Springer, Varsho, Chapman, Jansen, Kevin Kiermeyer. This was Blue Jays manager John Schneider a little earlier at Camden Yards talking about what he expects from his starting pitcher today and talking about what the Jays' approach needs to be against the Orioles. What, what do you need to do differently in order to have better results this series? Uh, I think it's just, it, really, I think when you look at, you know, they're a good team, for one. They're having a good year. Um, comes down to getting hits with guys on base. You know, we've been saying that a lot, I think, but especially against these guys. Um, you got to try to do damage early in the game with their back end of their bullpen. So um, I think where we are now compared to where we have been really um, in terms of when we've played these guys, it's a, uh, a different look, I think, especially on the mound. Uh, so hopefully uh, you try to get out and, and score first and take a lead and kind of go from there. But it's, uh, it's a good team for sure. If you say God's lined up for this series, that kind of ideal from your perspective? Yeah, I think, you know, um, you know, with the way you say he's throwing the ball right now, really against anybody, you, you like your chances. And Hosey's had real good success against this club for his, his career, really, I think. And, uh, you know, you take Kevin Gosman any day of the week against anybody. So, yeah, I think in terms of how we wanted to line it up, it, it, uh, it worked out. Well, you hope you can kind of carry for Yeah, Sunday. I mean, you look at Rodriguez and Hunter Green, kind of, you know, similar but different in terms of velo, you know, big fastball. And I thought we were really aggressive on the fastball on Sunday and kind of worked from that and uh, hit mistake breaking ball. So um, Grayson's having a good, you know, second half since he's been back up. And and um, I think it's got to be a similar approach to where you have to be aggressive in the zone, um, understand what he's going to throw in certain counts and, and things like that and take advantage of mistakes. You say I think right now you kind of throw that out the window, you know, with how he's throwing the ball. And, um, you know, there's there's certain matchups that he's aware of that that they're aware of um, from the past. But, you know, baseball's funny where you kind of adjust as you go. And um, I think the pitcher that he is right now is is a different version than what um, what they've seen before. 
That was John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, just a few minutes ago. And, yeah, I think that's uh, the hope if you are a Blue Jays fan. Um, certainly, uh, the Orioles have not seen this type of Yusei Kikuchi or this kind of Yusei Kikuchi since he's moved into their division. Heck, we haven't seen it. Um, this is the guy the Jays wanted to acquire when they went out and handed him a, uh, a three-year contract. And uh, I'm with John Schneider in that regard. I, I, I think given what we've seen from Yusei Kikuchi, you can kind of throw a lot of the stuff out. Uh, the window was last five starts. His ERA is 1.19. My goodness, his whip is 0.99. 32 strikeouts, five walks. This is a different, this is a different Yusei Kikuchi. And um, yeah, it, it's this Yusei Kikuchi, Kevin Gossman, and Jose Barrios. I don't know if that's the order necessarily. But I'm kind of wondering if if you were starting a playoff series right now against the Orioles, isn't this the three guys you'd want pitching? You'd want starting for the Jays? Even given Chris Bassett's success this season, isn't this the guys you might want starting against the Orioles? And if you say Kikuchi can um, tame the Baltimore Orioles, if he can contain the Baltimore Orioles today, a team that has hit him relatively well, a team that has owned the Blue Jays this year, think about what that would mean in terms of Yusei Kikuchi's place in the pecking order. Um, Never mind looking ahead to to next season. Uh, Speaking of starting pitching, something that... uh, John Schneider uh, didn't address uh, today on the clips. But I had a couple of people ask me about this. Um, and you know what? The back leg line is 416-413-3959. You've got time to go to the back leg line. Uh, any of your questions or comments. Well, you, even You know what? Let's pretend Barker's here and I'll answer the questions with Barker's accent. No, can't really do that. But uh, 416-413-3959 if you want to go to the back leg line. Speaking of Jays pitching, though, Alec Manoa. This is bizarre. Alec Manoa is still in Toronto. This is from Ben Nicholson-Smith. Alec Manoa is still in Toronto per John Schneider. It's an unconventional setup as Manoa was optioned 11 days ago. He continues working out. The vision per Schneider is to have him pitch at double A again. If Jays needed another starting pitcher, Manoa's one option, but there are all alternative there are alternatives. Um that is odd. Uh, odd considering the fact that I would think if you option a guy and you're not going to have him a triple A, you would almost think you'd want him back down at that pitching lab in Dunedin. Now, listen, this whole situation around Alec Manoa has been complicated from the get-go. I don't think there's necessarily a template to deal with what the Jays are dealing with right now with Alec Manoa. I mean, we're told he's healthy and, you know, 
conditioning we're told wasn't an issue and you know he lost some weight when he came back or all, all that stuff um so that is a uh, story that will bear monitoring but it is certainly odd and i and i think I, I think buck and danny made this point during the during the telecast on sunday i mean right now i don't think alec manoa is an option for this team at any point this season i i just don't i mean even if he gets pitching again to triple a when do you bring him up? How do you use him? You can't use him out of the bullpen. All these games are meaningful. It's like you can't punt on a game or a series. I said this when all this stuff with Alec Manoa started. You know, people kind of thought, yeah, you're jumping the gun. I said, hey, I'm more concerned about Alec Manoa for 2024. I'm a, and, and, and I meant that at the time. And now I'm at the point where I just don't want to see Alec Manoa till opening day tw- or, or till spring training 2024. I want him to... I want him and the Jays to take care of whatever needs being taken care of. And then let's talk about it next year. I've got Hyunjin Ryu back. Not going to go to a five-man rotation in the playoffs. i got enough coverage right now. I've got enough coverage. I've got enough bullpen depth that I can make this work. 416-413-3959, the back leg line. Hey, Chris in Sylvain Lake, Alberta. Sylvain Lake, why do I make it? Why did I pronounce it like Sylvain as in Sylvain Lefebvre? Sylvain Lake, Alberta. When uh, the next guy goes up on the wall of excellence, don't you think it should be Buck Martinez, coach, player, announcer? I think he really deserves that spot. Just curious to what you guys think. Thanks, guys. Great show. I mean, I'll take that, even though it's a guy, not a guy's, because Barker isn't here. I think I can take that. I'll take the... uh, I'll take that. Uh, Listen, uh, Jerry Howarth, Buck Martinez, both at some point deserve to be in the level of excellence for a variety of reasons. Um, You know, it's... When you think about Buck and you think about what he represents and you think about the roles he's filled for this organization, you know, even as a manager, it was not the most successful managerial run in the history of this organization. But Buck has very much been a presence around this franchise. He has been a trusted voice. He is a trusted voice and a welcome face in homes across the country. And I think what is kind of cool about this is we spent a lot of time celebrating, and rightly so, we spent a lot of time celebrating Jose Bautista recently. And I made the point during that celebration that from my point of view, Jose Bautista, more than any one individual, is responsible for kind of breathing new life into the Blue Jays brand. Like, let's think about this. How many national sports brands do we have in this country? Let's think about this for a minute. Anything Team Canada is a national sports brand. Canada hockey women's hockey, women's basketball. I would argue Team Canada women's soccer may be 
other than Team Canada Hockey, the single strongest Canadian brand out there. But if you stick a Team Canada logo on any sport, it's going to be a brand. That is far and away the strongest brand in the country. I don't know if there's a similar feeling around the Toronto Raptors. I don't think so. I don't think the Raptors necessarily resonate across. Well, I know they don't resonate across the country the way the the Blue Jays do. The TV ratings will tell you that. And the Blue Jays are a part of everybody's life in the summer. I've talked about going home to to my hometown in, in southern Manitoba every night at the bar. The Jays game is on. It just is. It's on. Um, and, 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 and the NHL brand, I mean, let's face it, the NHL is a regional, a bunch of regional brands in Canada, right? The Leafs have got a lot of fans across the country. I can hear, don't bother calling me up, but it, it's true. They have a bunch of brands across the country. But there's always, it's like... There's animosity towards the Leafs. There's animosity towards the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, there's animosity towards Edmonton, Vancouver, Cal- wherever you are in Canada. There, there's no, I don't think there is a national individual NHL brand. But there is an individual Blue Jays brand. You know, there are places in the country, you go to, to the maritime provinces, the Mets are big, the, 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 the Red Sox are big. Uh, the Yankees are big in some areas. You go to the Midwest, the Minnesota Twins are big. And the West Coast, the Seattle Mariners are big. I get all that. But the Jays are very much a, 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 a national brand. And I would argue that because of his presence on TV, Buck Martinez is very much a part of that as well. So, Chris, it's a great call. Um, I certainly think Buck, and I certainly think Jerry Howard, terrific broadcasters, should be in the level of excellence. And I'm hoping that at some point we see that. Josh and Kelowna. When the Jays played the Angels, they intentionally walked Shohei Otani multiple times. Are they going to do that same tactic with Ryan Mountcastle? Hmm. Ryan Mountcastle, for whatever reason, hits like 400 against the Jays, has an OPS of like 1,200. This is an important series. So I think that they should give the same respect to Ryan Mountcastle as they do to Shohei Otani. If they don't end up walking him intentionally, what is the reason? What kind of psyche does it have against your team if you intentionally walk somebody? To me, it seems like a strategy that should be used more often, but doesn't. Curious to see what you have to say about that. Thanks. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's funny. I knew somebody was going to ask about this. And we always get this in Blue Jays talk. And by the way, I'm doing Blue Jays talk after the game if you want to you check in. I don't know if that. I'm told Kevin from Milton may join us. As well. um, see, I look at it. I look at it differently. Uh, Shohei Otani, Otani to me is a no-brainer because I'm. Like Matt Chapman said, there's nobody else in that team, that, especially now that, well, now Trout's bat, but Trout wasn't there. There's nobody else in that team to worry about. Adley Rutschman is hitting ahead of Mountcastle. He gets on base a lot. 
Gunnar Henderson is hitting behind him. He's a stud. I think Ryan Mountcastle's placing in this lineup is going to make that decision a an at-bat by at-bat decision. Fundamentally, I'm not a fan of walking dudes early in the game or intentionally walking dudes early in the game. Especially when I've got a, a guy on the mound who's performing the way the way Kikuchi is. I, I'm just not. Um, once you get later in the game, depending on the score, that's fine. Pitching around guys... If I'm going to tell a dude to pitch around a guy, I'm just going to tell him to walk him intentionally. Let's put him on base and, 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 and let's deal with the next guy. But no, I, to answer your question, uh, do I think to do it? I, it's got to be a, I mean, God almighty, the guy, the guy owns your team. It, it, it's got to be an option. I just don't know if I'm really comfortable with it. And a God's honest truth, Josh is, you know, the explanation I've just given you probably isn't going to satisfy you and probably won't satisfy a lot of people. It's just, it's the way, it's the way I feel about it. But I will say this, you know, if we're talking a one-run game and we're in the seventh or eighth inning, well, hell yeah, let's have at it. Let's have at it at that point. It doesn't even have to be that. Maybe the sixth inning, depending on the situation. But nah, first inning, I got to take my shot at that guy, especially given the way the dudes around him are hitting. That lineup, and you don't have Santander today. So there's, there's, there's. Yes, there's a little weakness in that lineup. There's a little softness, mm. but the top of the order, man. Rutschman, Mountcastle, Henderson. I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too frisky, as my friend Barker would say. Scott and Hamilton, what's up, Scott? I called in last week and asked you what the plans were for Paul DeYoung when Bichette came back. <laughs> now that we know the plans, did the Blue Jays make the right move by DFAing him? Thank you. Have a great day. I mean, and anything that gets him out of my my eyesight is great. Paul DeYoung, by the way, was uh, was picked up by the San Francisco Giants. Look, that was it was a deal that had to be made because, well, two things. One, the Jays clearly didn't have confidence in Santiago Espinal defensively. Two, Santiago Espinal's offense wasn't enough to force you know to to tilt the scales in his favor, and they didn't give anything up. And they got a guy who, you know, is the guy who, on a good lineup, could hit ninth. Now, unfortunately, Paul DeYoung joined a lineup that wasn't hitting and, you know, kind of did what Paul DeYoung is going to do. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think they made a mistake. Uh, I don't think they made a mistake DFAing him. And I also think that despite all the bold talk about... Um, Bo Bichette when he was hurt and the absolute confidence the Blue Jays had that he was going to be back soon. You've got to kind of hedge your bets a bit, right? What if, what if Bo needed an extra, I don't know, an extra five days? What if Bo needed... An extra four days. What if he needed an extra two weeks? Like you just, we hadn't gone that down that road with Bo before. So I get a go that. And the, and the other thing that happened too, quite frankly, is David Schneider. 
David Schneider showed up and had the series of a lifetime. I, I don't know. Has Vladdy had a series like David Schneider had against the Red Sox this year? I, I, I don't know. So I think all that kind of coupled, all, all that kind of brought together the, uh, you know, the situation towards this conclusion. I, I just, I don't have any problem with the decision initially. And I don't think I, re- and I certainly don't have any problem right now. And I wish Paul DeYoung well. I mean, from all accounts, he's a professional, a good dude. And um, yeah, he's with the San Francisco Giants. Curtis from Tabor, Alberta. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering, yes, we have had difficulty reaching Cliff Floyd. We'll endeavor to get Cliff on at some point in the next couple of days. Cliff sometimes is schedulely challenged, shall we say. I could say that because Cliff's, Cliff's my guy. Curtis and Tabor. Tabor, on today's program, you stated that you thought the Baltimore Orioles were the best team in the American League. Yes. And I was just wondering um, why you thought that, because it isn't their pitching staff. It isn't the bullpen. So what makes the Baltimore Orioles the best team in the American League? I'm not certain who else there is. It's not Tampa. It's not Toronto. Seattle's hotter than hell, right? Seattle may end up being the team that, uh, yeah. Texas is really good. Houston, I don't know. Um, a couple of things. One, the bullpen is, and I think I'm looking at it statistically, the Jays' bullpen is better than the Orioles' bullpen, I believe. That's close. But anyhow. The bullpen has been good for two years. They've been good longer than the Jays have been good. I'm not saying I don't trust the Jays' bullpen. Um, and I'm especially interested in seeing what Genesis Cabrera brings to this series against this lineup. But the Orioles' bullpen has been really good for two years. Uh, their lineup is dynamic. Uh, their lineup is going to be more dynamic when they bring up Jackson Holiday, and they probably will. The pitching? Yeah, the pitching is the issue. As my friend Mr. Barker says, playoffs, who starts? Jack Flaherty, he's okay. Kyle Bradish. I mean, he's been decent this year. Tonight's starter, Grayson Rodriguez, he's a rookie. Who the hell knows what he's going to do for you in the playoffs? The starting pitching is an issue. But I just think this lineup and the way they play the game and the fact that I kind of think these guys are too dumb and young and foolish to realize that they're not supposed to be this good. And the fact that they're able to lead this division and the fact that they play well against good teams, I... I, I'll, I'll ask you, who's better in the AL? There's nobody in the East better. There's nobody in the Central. Seattle, again, is playing out of their minds. Perhaps Seattle is. Houston is the defending World Series champions. I think we're seeing some tattered threads with Houston. Texas has got a great lineup and, and you know, and, 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 and really good pitching. But I think I'd still take the Orioles. 
this may just be one of those weird years. It may be one of those years where an organization is just blessed with all sorts of good stuff. And I, I don't know how you, how you react to that. I don't know how you handle that. Uh, speaking of the Orioles, Dan Connolly, the former Orioles beat reporter for The Athletic and The Baltimore Sun, got more lines in his resume than I do. Um, he is now with Sports Knot, and uh, he is uh, one of their national baseball writers. That's Sports Knot, like astronaut, not sports. Anyhow, you get what I'm saying. Dan Connolly joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and Sportsnet. Breaking down the biggest stories in Toronto sports. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Hey, we're just a few minutes away from first pitch as the Jays and the Orioles open a three-game series at Camden Yards. Weather looks lovely. Our uh, closed circuit feed from Camden Yards. See the shadows in right field? No, oh, there's Arden. Spending an inordinate amount of time in his iPhone. Um, 7.05 is the first pitch. You say Kikuchi against Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I'll be doing Blue Jays talk following the game. Please join us. Me. I don't know. Maybe Barker will show up. He can't be doing anything. Uh, I've got Blue Jays tickets to give away. I should say that. I don't mean to make that. I didn't mean to undersell that. I've got Blue Jays tickets to give away. We've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Our last trivia question and answer was I would not have gotten this. This Hall of Fame pitcher was a five-time All-Star and three-time World Series champion, two of which he won with the Toronto Blue Jays. See, I would have gotten that part. What many don't remember is after Toronto, and I'm one of the many, is after Toronto, we spent some time in Cleveland making 23 starts for their MLB team in 1994. Who is it? It was Jack Morris. I realize Morris is good. Cleveland. Uh, today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Guardians down at the Rogers Center on Sunday, August 27th. Only two players in Blue Jays history have homered twice in the same inning. Both players played more than one season of their careers in Cleveland. Ooh, this is sneaky. That's the key. Both players played more than one season of their careers in Cleveland. Who are they? I don't think it was Pat Tabler. 
Again, only two players in Blue Jays history have homered twice in the same inning. Both players played more than one season of their careers in Cleveland. Who are they? Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to win C rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. The Jays lineup for tonight's game, uh, Vladdy Jr. is back in the lineup. He's hitting cleanup, so one would presume that that middle finger injury has been taken care of. Danny Jansen is back in the lineup. Uh, fingers crossed he doesn't get hit by a pitch. Kiermaier's in the lineup. It's Merrifield, Bichette, Belt, Guerrero, Springer, Varsho, Chapman, Jansen, Kiermaier. They're all healthy. They're all in the lineup. Let's see if they can build on that uh, offensive outburst we saw in that final game against the Cincinnati Reds. A season-high 12 extra base hits and five home runs in that game. And uh, a game that for a lot of us, reminded us of the way that series against the Red Sox ended. And then, of course, the Jays went on and ran into some good pitching with the Cleveland Guardians. Tonight, they'll be taking on the Orioles. The Orioles are 8-2 and two against the Jays this year. It's the final meeting of the year, final series of the year between these teams. And uh, the Jays are 11 and, uh, what do we say, 11 and, 11 and 23, 11 and 33, 11 and 23 against the East. I mean, 11-33 sounds bad. The Jays have not had a lot of success inside the division this year. That's probably the easiest way to put it. Uh, Dan Connolly is the Orioles and MLB writer for Sports Not. I've known Dan since he was a beat writer with the Baltimore Sun. And then he went to the Athletic. Uh, He is now the one of the national baseball writers for Sports Not. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Dan Connolly 2016 I don't know what the 2016 is. Uh, he's a great Twitter follow. Uh, he is the guy. He's kind of most famously known recently for asking John Angelos some very uncomfortable questions at a... Uh, at a session, I, I don't know, a meet and greet with the owner? That doesn't sound right. It was a, kind of a, an information session with the owner. And, um, well, Dan asked, as a good journalist is supposed to do, some very uncomfortable questions of John Angelo. So I was intrigued, and I am intrigued to see how Dan has reacted to some of the reporting we've seen in the past couple of days from John Angelos, the Orioles owner, um, who already is worried about how he's going to pay for all these great young players the Orioles have. He's already talked about probably having to raise ticket prices. And there's a whole back game to this or an end game to this in that the Orioles are trying to get more money out of the state of Maryland to fix up the area around Camden Yards. It's really odd. Camden Yards isn't that far from the harbor area in Baltimore. Uh, and, we are, and, of course, anybody who knows, uh, anybody who knows anything about the, uh, the stadium, uh, anybody who knows anything about Camden Yards uh, knows that it is the, it's kind of the template for, uh, for what is considered to be 
for what is considered to be sort of the the perfect back to the futurish stadium. Uh, I think Dan Connolly and uh, Cliff went out for dinner or something. We have anybody? Let's go back to the back late lines. 416-413-395. It's like doing a call-in show. It's what I used to do, right? It's like doing a call-in show. The only thing is I can't hang up on people, tell them to piss off because it's a tape. About Jared in Abbotsford, BC. Let's go to Abbotsford, the Ford, the Ford, the Ford, Abbotsford, BC. With Ross Atkins' big priority of uh, run saved, would that not mean that Matt Chapman is a lock to get a new new contract next year? I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Eh, no. Um, I mean, Matt Chapman's a superb defensive player. Uh, and yes, run saved is extremely important for any team, but it, it's kind of become a staple of the way the Blue Jays do business. Um, but I just don't think, well, I would ask you this based on what you've seen of Matt Chapman offensively this year. Put aside the defense for a minute. But based on what you've seen from Matt Chapman offensively this year, would you commit four years? Five years. Keep in mind that the free agent class this year, once you get beyond Shohei Otani, we had Mark Feinstein, and he basically said once you get by Shohei Otani, Matt Chapman is probably the best available free agent position player out there. Um, he's going to command a lot of money. Uh, he is, you know, keep in mind that when you talk about free agents, so much of what is important is the market environment. Um, we've seen guys get contracts, get free agent deals. They don't deserve even in fairly robust markets. This is this is hardly a robust market. Uh, and and I think if I'm if I'm the Blue Jays, I look at the lineup that I have right now, and I look at the issues that this lineup presents me. You're probably thinking to yourself, all right, we need to figure out a way to diversify this lineup. We need to figure out a way to put a few new wrinkles into this lineup. We need to figure out a way to make this lineup a little tougher to pitch. It's not just simply a matter of lefty-righty balance. That's vital. That's important. But it's also putting together a lineup that is consistent in terms of approach but made up of players, hitters, with different strengths. And I've thrown this out about the Atlanta Braves lineup that won the World Series a couple of years ago and how they just had a bunch of different guys with weaknesses and strengths, and it was... It's hard to game plan because it's like you know, the way you got this guy. Well, that was the next guy. That was his strength, and 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 that's that's kind of what you're looking for when you get in the postseason. So you look at the Blue Jays. Let's take a look at the Blue Jays lineup for next year. Uh, let's leave aside the pitching. Pitching's fine. You've got Gossman, Barrios, 
Kikuchi Bassett under contract. You've got Alec Manoa. You know, whatever it is they're doing with Alec Manoa. Um, and you've got Ricky Tiedemann, who maybe not that far in the minor leagues. So if you're the Blue Jays, you're saying, okay, we're, we've taken care of pitching. Bullpen shouldn't be that much of an issue. It's me. You know, let's, let's see what Jordan Hicks does the rest of the year. But you've got enough guys in the bullpen that I think you can put it together. And the thing about Ross Atkins is Ross Atkins has, you know, for all the criticism he's taken, he has been able to put together bullpens, right? Put together, uh, brought uh, Trevor Richards and, and Adam Simber in to save the team's bacon last year. So bullpens don't, not, that'll take care of itself. Um, but if you're the Jays, you're looking at a lineup that theoretically could be without Kevin Kiermaier, could be without Brandon Belt. Well, I would think likely be without Brandon Belt. Let's assume for now that Alejandro Kirk is back, uh, supporting Danny Jansen behind the plate, and that Matt Chapman goes elsewhere. So I, I think what you have to do is view the money you are saving in Matt Chapman's salary or from his salary try to use that to either pay your own players or and this is where I think the Jays are going to do this try to put together a trade that brings in one big position player and then kind of fills in the edges right with 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 other guys so I think you let Matt Chapman walk. I think you see the, seize the opportunity that it presents by that. I think you uh, use your resources, spread them out differently, and use that as, as bring somebody else in. Bring a lefty thumper. Somebody you can stick in the middle of the order. It's going to be a lefty thumper. Uh, and, and it'll probably have to be by trade because, as I said, they're not out there in free agency. But that's, I, I think, the approach. I, I think losing, oddly enough, I think Matt Chapman leaving can be an opportunity for the Blue Jays. Anyhow, I don't have to worry about next year for uh, another couple of weeks at least. Right now, we have to worry about the Baltimore Orioles. The Jays and Orioles start a three-game series tonight at Camden Yards. Dan Connolly is the Orioles and MLB writer for Sportsnot, and uh, he joins us on Blair and Barker. Dan, it's just me today. Barker's off. He knew you were coming on. He said, Blair, even somebody... <laughs> of your advanced years can handle Connolly. So Parker just left, but he does extend his thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Just going to hear your, uh, the dulcet towns of uh, tones of Jeff Blair is enough for me. Yeah, I know uh, it is. That makes my whole life feel good. Yep. Uh, hey, why does John Angelos want to, why is he a fun sucker? Why is he stealing all the fun out of this team? I don't may not have enough money to pay for him and going to have to raise ticket prices. I, I mean, I understand the Angelos family and you. I know you're close to them, and I, and I know I'm putting you in the spot here by asking you uh, to, to criticize them, but what the hell's going on, Kent? Can't we just enjoy this? He, as, I, as I wrote, Jeff, he can't stop tripping over his golden shoelaces. <laughs> it just keeps happening and happening and happening. Um, what was the, yeah, line, about, I don't know. What was I mean, the line about George Bush Jr.? Poor George, he was born with a silver foot in his mouth. I think that was the line. Right, exactly. 
There, there, the one, one of the jokes around here is that he was born on third base, um, and he certainly <laughs> yeah. did hit a triple. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a really weird situation. Um, you know, he is he is about trying to improve this entire area, and the focus isn't on the baseball team. Now, that's a good thing in one sense. I mean, he hired Mike Elias and kind of got out of his way in that. But, you know, to say, to actually put it on the fans to say that, hey, if we're going to, you know, sign Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson to a, a large extension, to do that, we'd have to, you know, dramatically jack up the prices. That's not true. I mean, they're, you know, they have their own network, which also broadcasts the Washington Nationals, in which they get money for. They have all the, you know, the, the BAM money, the tech money that they got. They have, yeah, you know, just from a competitive balance, they, they've gotten those funds. There's plenty of money to go around, and now people are starting to pack Camden Yards again because this team is a lot of fun to watch. So I think a lot of fans, the last last six to nine months, pretty much starting from his January Martin Luther King uh, diatribe on me, um, it, it's pretty much kind of been a, a disaster after disaster for John Angelos. Now, it's been a few years since I've been to Camden Yards. I know the harbor's nearby, so he's talking about developing, wanting to develop the area into one of those multi-entertainment or one of those entertainment complexes, right. correct? Um, doesn't the harbor kind of, uh, again, is it, has it uh, you know, been diminished in stature that much that it's not a, you know, that, that there needs to be another area? Like, I understand the realities of the real estate market and, and when it comes to baseball teams, and everybody wants to figure out a way to generate more revenue. I, I, I get all that. But I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is there are a lot of ballparks I go to that scream, we need a reno. It, is 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 any of this money going to rent to actually renovate Camden Yards? Because I just don't think it needs it. Well, that's the thing. First of all, crazily, and this is why I keep telling everybody that the Orioles will not move. The Maryland State Legislature last year earmarked 1.2 billion in stadium renovations, billion for M&T Bank Stadium where the Ravens play and Camden Yards. So all they had to do was sign a long-term lease for it. And the Ravens have already done that. They've signed a 15-year lease, and they now have the $600 million in bonds that they can use that they're not going to be paying on. And that's sitting there for Camden Yards. This is already, and, and you know this, and you've been here a bunch of times, this is one of the, still one of the five best stadiums in, in baseball. Easy. 30 years out. Yep. And if you, you put $600 million into it, um, you know, you renovate some of the concessions, some of the, uh, you know, the, the audio is not good here anymore. It was a 30-year-old thing that, the video screens, things like that, you can have the best ballpark or one of the two best ballparks in, in baseball with the $600 million facelift. He wants at least $300 million more for, uh, that he doesn't have to pay for to you know, create this thing like the Battery in Atlanta. But the Battery in Atlanta, they moved that stadium out into the suburbs, and they had so many acres to work with. Here they don't do that. And, in fact, one of the things that they would like to build on are the parking lots that are between M&T Bank Stadium and Camden Yards. And they're also owned, well, they're owned by the state, but they're used by the Ravens. Right. So I'm not sure how that would work. So it just doesn't seem like a good idea. But, you know, you mentioned the Inner Harbor. It is not what it used to be. Um, they're trying to renovate that. Baltimore City is. But um, it is no longer a destination. It is a shell of itself. But my thought is put the money there and make this about baseball. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it makes perfect sense. Hey, focusing on this team in general, when when did the Orioles... I, I've got this theory that they are too young and stupid to realize they're not 
they're not supposed to be doing this. When did did this happen? How did this materialize? Look, I, I said at the start of the year, I thought this was a fun team. I was looking forward to seeing them. I've become a big fan of a bunch of their guys. Hell, I've even become a big fan of their managers, their manager. And I hated the dude who preceded him. But I, I, I just, when did this come together? You know, I mean, a lot of people put the, put the date was when Adley Rutschman made his major league debut. Um, the Orioles have not been swept in a series since that occurred, and that was May of 2022. And starting in about June, when, when Adley started to get going, um, this team became a real good team. And, you know, they were 83-79 and 79 last year. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot in the offseason to really improve the team, or at least what we thought to improve the team. And they just came out. And I, I do think that they're so young and they're, they're so tight. Like, these guys all kind of team up together. They're almost all of them are in the organization together. They're really good friends. And there's that camaraderie that you just see, and these guys really like each other, really have a lot of fun. They put in a couple, you know, good guy veterans like Kyle Gibson, like James McCann. Um, Adam Frazier came in, and they fit in perfectly. But this is – it's funny because Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes are guys that have been around for a little bit. And then Ryan Mountcastle is kind of the, the bridge to them. And then you have the new guys in Gunner and in Adley and Colton Kowser and Jordan Westberg. And they, those guys all live together in spring and that kind of stuff. And they just have this – they just think they're going to win. I mean, every freaking game they think they're going to win. And it's, it's amazing because they've won so many close games. They've come back, you know, so many times. And they just don't think they're going to lose. And that helps when you have a bullpen, a back end of the bullpen that the Orioles have. Okay, let's let's – Flip ahead. I presume this team makes the playoff. Hell, I'm going to give them the AL East title just because I feel so. I'm I'm, okay. I'm so pro Baltimore here. What's the rotation in a playoff series? <laughs> How much time you got on the segment? Um, uh, five you know, minutes, four question. minutes and fifty seconds, actually. <laughs> um, it is a big question, Jeff. I mean, you know, Kyle Bradish is in this rotation. He's probably your number one at this point. He's got a three oh three ERA. He's been consistent all year. He's a guy they got in the Dylan Bundy trade a couple years back. So Kyle is probably – he's definitely in the three-man rotation, if you will. Um, He's probably number one at this point. Uh, And then after that, I don't know, you'll see Grayson Rodriguez pitch. He's been great since he came back. Uh, He's he's got a – you know, in the last six games he's pitched, he's been excellent. Uh, I think also a 303 ERA. Um, So he is making – he's 23 years old. He's a rookie, but he's making a push for that. And then, you know, they traded for Jack Flaherty, who's had a bad, really bad start, a good start, and a mediocre start. They have Kyle Gibson, who, um, you know, is, is just a steady veteran. And then one of the wild cards is John Means is co- going to be coming back in September. He is pitching in Norfolk on Friday. He was there, you know, he pitched a no-hitter in, in 2022. He had Tommy John surgery. Um, I'm sorry, he pitched a no-hitter in 2021. had Tommy John surgery in 2022. And he is, he is coming back, so maybe he fits into that playoff uh, situation. There's a couple others. Cole Irvin's a left-hander. They got in trade last year. He started to pitch pretty well. They really don't know what the 1-2-3 is going to be, and I think we won't know until late September. Uh, Danny, good to talk to you again, my friend. Best of luck with uh, the new endeavor, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch, man. Be well. All right. All right, pal. Take care of yourself. Great All talking right. to you. You too. That's Dan Connolly. This is a terrific job. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Dan Connolly, 2016. Um, he is the Orioles and MLB writer for Sports Not.
you know that I'm just so proud of myself for making it through the show without not calling it sports net sports not. Um, hey, I just had a news release handed to me. The uh, Chicago White Sox announced that Ken Williams, executive vice president, and Rick Hahn, senior vice president and general manager, have been relieved of their responsibilities uh, effective immediate, immediately. This is an announcement by uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, White Sox chairman and owner. Uh, Kenny Williams, of course, former Blue Jays player. Had a little cup of coffee here. I think he may have been with the uh, Expos briefly as well. Uh, look, this uh, Rick Hahn, the general manager, and Ken Williams, they, they've put together this team. They've made the important trades. Uh, I, I don't believe they had anything to do with the disastrous decision to bring Tony La Russa back. I, I, I think that was all in Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, and, and I think that was a move that probably set this franchise back by five years. But look, um, given where they are right now, uh, and and we saw them last night against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, given where they all right now, where they are right now, it's probably not a probably not a, a a great surprise. The Chicago White Sox announcing that Ken Williams, executive vice president, and Rick Hahn, senior VP and GM, have been relieved of their responsibilities. Effective immediately, according to Reinsdorf, the White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operations department and anticipate having an individual in place by the end of the season. Translation, we know who it is. We're just not telling you. That is it for us. Uh, I will be back post-game with Blue Jays Talk. We'll be back from 5 to 7 tomorrow. A reminder, 705 first pitch. It is Yusei Kikuchi against Grayson Rodriguez, the first of three games between the Jays and the Orioles. It's the last series between these teams this year. If you are the Blue Jays and you want to lay down a bit of a marker and put some wind in your sails going into September, there is no better way or would be no better way to do it than to take care of the Baltimore Orioles. So have yourself a great night. Enjoy the baseball. We'll chat tomorrow.